0: What do you love about music? To begin with? (laughs) Everything. Putting on a great show is the most important thing you can do. One great rock show can change the world.
1: Whether you're a professional critic or a professional fan, there's nothing better than a great mixtape. Today, Jim and I present ours for 2010. I'm Greg Codd of the Chicago
0: Tribune. And I'm Jim DeRogatis of Vocalo.org. We've compiled our favorite songs of the year as a New Year's treat for you. And we'll talk to legendary music figure Quincy Jones. That's all coming up on Sound Opinions.
1: From WBEZ Chicago and distributed by PRX, you're listening to Sound Opinions. That is Michael Jackson with a new song from his latest album entitled Michael. It's called Breaking News. Yes, uh, Michael Jackson, who died in uh, July of 2009, just as he was beginning a big comeback tour, is back in the news again in a big way. A trove of previously unreleased recordings apparently are going to be released. In the next 10 years, his estate is promising. This is the first of those full-length releases. Ten tracks that have not been heard before or in very different incarnations now have been spruced up by a variety of producers and close collaborators from his past, including Teddy Riley, John McClane, Lenny Kravitz, etc., And they go back as far as the thriller era. We're talking about three decades' worth of archives that they are looking into to call these ten tracks. Now, there's some controversy here, Jim, because there are a number of people, including members of his own family, that are saying, that's not Michael. And we have to put this in a larger context here. We have seen this before. The estates of revered, iconic singers, Elvis Presley jimmy hendrix the notorious big we have seen the levels to which some of these estates will go to satisfy the uh, public yearning for new material from these artists and it ain't pretty randy jackson one of michael's brothers on his uh, twitter account said my brother isn't here and all these people are more concerned about making money off his death it really is starting to look not so good for what we're going to see down the road from the
0: Michael Jackson estate. Well, it's interesting, Greg. Uh, Teddy Riley, one of the key producers of this new set, Michael, has admitted that he has had to seriously tinker electronically with Jackson's voice. Quote, I had to do more processing to the voice, which is why people were asking about the authenticity of the voice. He used apparently a uh, program called Melodyne, mm-hmm. which is a lot like auto-tuning. I think the more significant thing to question Is Jackson was a notorious perfectionist. He continued to tinker with the mixes and vocal performances of albums that he released officially until literally they arrived on the store shelves. For a guy like this to have had no say, you know, goes against the core of the kind of artist he was, which is not to say that we have prejudged this new album, Michael. Let's play a song from this, and then we'll get into reviewing this record. This is a track called Much Too Soon. As you mentioned, it goes back to the Thriller era in the 80s. I think it's probably the most anticipated track here. Anything from those golden days is greeted with much enthusiasm by Jackson fans. Here's Much Too Soon by Michael Jackson on Sound Opinions.
2: She's there just sitting at the table Thinking now that things won't be the same And would you like to go with me And she answered no to me But I guess I'll learn my lesson much too soon I never thought she'd leave me here forever But who knows just what the future brings wouldn't you like to go with me and she answered no to me but I guess I learned my lesson much too soon take away this never ending sorrow take this lonely feeling from my soul if only I knew what things bring tomorrow she'd be sitting me and my heart go,
1: That's much too soon from the new Michael Jackson album Michael Jim by far the best track on this record as far as I'm concerned. That is, as you said, a vintage thriller era track. During that period, he was really making his name with up-tempo tracks and also the, the videos that went with him, the tracks like Billie Jean and Beat It. But he was also developing as a singer, as a balladeer, and I think this track illustrates it very, very well. It is by far the sparsest track on the record, and it is also the most indicative of the true Michael Jackson. We get some real feeling from it. We get the sense that we are indeed listening to Michael Jackson, and this track was one that he particularly thought was good enough to have been released, but he never saw fit to put it on an actual album. It is something that I think he could have easily put on one of his subsequent albums had he lived. The rest of this record, boy, oh boy, I tell (laughs) you, we're hurting. They are digging, digging deep to find stuff that is clearly not finished. There was a lot of talk about uh, one of these tracks in particular, Behind the Mask, a track that uh, Jackson had been tinkering with for about the last decade. awful yeah. what they did to this track. The canned crowd noise, a cheesy saxophone solo. Then we've got the auto-tune or whatever robotic kind of treatment they're putting on his voice there, distorting it. They ruined what even Jackson was thinking about as a, as a key track for him because it w- clearly wasn't finished. It's a travesty, what's going on here. This is a trash-it record as far as I'm concerned.
0: Uh, I agree, Greg. This is definitely a trash-it record, and it does not get said plainly and clearly enough Often enough, by critics dealing with Jackson, they are so daunted by his legacy. Let me tell you, for the last 15 years, Jackson's work just was awful, dreadful. You go back to the second half of the history set, the new material, you go to the Invincible album. There was a maudlin, saccharine, just schmaltiness that mm. infused his work, and that is what you got here. The other thing you have is this self Centered whininess of tracks like Hollywood Tonight, Breaking News, Monster. The monster in question is fame. I'm the most famous person in the world. I'm a saint. I keep telling you I do nothing but (laughs) good for the universe and all you do is persecute me. It was not an attractive side of Jackson. It was the full meltdown of a once brilliant artist in view of the public to put out more of those tracks here on this set. Man, I don't even like the song that you were louding much too (laughs) soon. I, I, I don't like anything about this record. So it's a double trash it. Yes,
3: sir. See, what we about to do right now is pay tribute to a living legend. So I brought Naturally 7 with me to do the beat. And I brought DCP's own Rudy Currents. And me, I go by the name of Ludacris, right? And it's a lot of people out there claiming that they bosses, but I'm here to let you know the true boss is back. Let's
4: go! It's the rebirth of soul boss Nostra. He's back the, the true soul boss is over.
1: That's a track from the latest album by Quincy Jones, who is one of Michael Jackson's most noteworthy collaborators. If there's anybody who knows Michael Jackson, at the peak of his artistic abilities, it is Quincy Jones. Still very much alive at the age of 77 and still making Albums that are sure to be nominated for Grammy Awards. That is a track called Sol Basa Nostra from the album of the same name uh, featuring Ludacris. You know, when I mentioned Grammy nominations, I wasn't kidding. We're talking about a guy who's already been nominated 79 times. He has won 27 Grammys more than any other living artist. So Quincy Jones has had quite a career. In addition to his association with Jackson at the height of his fame with the albums Bad and Thriller and Off the Wall, those key albums that really made Michael Jackson the artist that we know today, He also had a three-decade association with Frank Sinatra, helping arrange a number of his key records. Quincy Jones was the producer who supervised perhaps the biggest benefit single of all time, We Are the World. And the career goes on. Sol Bossa Nostra, Jim, look at the guest list on this album. He'd make the call and people (laughs) would come. (laughs) No doubt about it. I mean, in addition to Ludacris, we're talking about people like Usher, Jamie Foxx, Jennifer Hudson, Mary J. Blige, T-Pain, John Legend, Snoop Dogg, Q-Tip, Talib Kweli. And when we spoke to Quincy just prior to the release of the Michael Jackson album, he gave us his thoughts on that record. But first, I wanted to ask Quincy about one of his new album's most unlikely contributors, and that was Amy Winehouse.
5: Nobody thought that she would do it, you know. She hasn't recorded for four years. We made a connection at the concert we did for Mandela two years ago in London for his ninetieth birthday. And a man came over and said, would you... Like to say a few words to my daughter, and uh, I had no idea who it was. And this little girl got on her knees and kissed my wrist, <laughs> my, my hand, and said, "I know every record you made since you were my age of 24, uh, back to the Swingin' D with Donny Washington." And I was shocked, man, absolutely shocked.
4: Another year, or maybe less. What's this I hear? Well, can't you guess? She
2: feels neglected.
5: And I I know all the faults and all the stuff you can find, but she's a classic. chick.
1: Were you able to talk to her at any length? I mean, uh, did you give her any advice? I mean, you've seen all sorts of performers, and she's obviously had some struggles once she found a certain level of fame.
5: No, not really. She's a profound little lady. Being Pisces, uh, the end of the Zodiac, and we we know people because we've been everybody in the Zodiac. You know, things happen most of the time. It happens before nine years old. Abandonment and anger management and these kinds of things. It's it's a tough thing, man, uh, the the combination of success and childhood problems and so forth. We're we're complicated machines, you know. Mm -hmm. All, All of us are. I always try to look for the best in everybody.
2: Nobody
0: Being a musician, yes. it's a harsh mistress. It's hard to live that life. It can take a physical, mental toll. It can take a spiritual toll. You have Absolutely. always seemed to come out on top. Struggling artists, artists who are having problems with any aspect of the business, what can you tell them to help them cope and survive and have the kind of career you've had?
5: Well, uh, I, I came from probably the, <laughs> the roughest circumstances you could ever imagine. man. Uh, everybody looks at me like I was born in... Buckingham Palace and all this. It started <laughs> with Michael Jackson.
6: No, it was I here in Chicago, Sh- yeah.
5: Right in Chicago, man, with my father being a carpenter building homes for the most notorious triple OGs on the planet, the Jones Boys. Mm-hmm. All I ever saw all my life from the time I was born were dead bodies and machine guns and stogies and piles of money. I have uh, my medals to prove it. I have uh, a switchblade to my, my right hand where they nailed my hand to the fence. I was on the wrong block. You know, mm. you had to have a certain walk on each block. And uh, we didn't have a mother. They took my mother away, who went to Boston University in the 20s. And we watched, my brother and I watched her take her away in a straitjacket when I was 7. And I wanted to be a gangster till I was 10. I really did, because we want to be what we see. Broken in armory at eleven. Stole some ice cream, had a pie fight, and then individually went and broke into all the rooms. And I broke in this one room with the supervisor, Mrs. Ayers. And there was a spinet piano over there in the dark, and I almost closed the door. And something told me, go back in that room. And I didn't realize that human beings played instruments. I heard it all my life, but I didn't know. And uh, I walked over to the 11 years old, and when I touched that piano, I knew that's what I'd do the rest of my life.
1: Hmm. Yeah, the music industry must have seemed like a walk in the park compared to that upbringing.
5: That's such a good point, you know, because back in the day, that's what Zero's in Chicago, the Copacabana, the booking agencies, the clubs, and the record companies were all run by by the boys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's why the connection was so strong. When I went with Sinatra, you know, met, met all of them. All of them. <laughs> Fly me to the moon. Let me swing among those stars Let me see what spring is like On Jupiter and Mars In other words Hold my hand In other words Baby, kiss me You're
1: listening to Sound Opinions, and we're talking to musician and producer Quincy Jones. Quincy, one of the artists you made a huge connection with was, of course, Michael Jackson. And a year and a half after his death, we've got a new album. I was wondering if you heard it, and uh, what are your thoughts about the way his musical legacy is being handled?
5: Well, that's uh, a two-way street, I think, you know, because it's very, very complex, so... These kinds of things always end up in a lot of conflicts uh, because the bottom line, you're talking about money, Mm -hmm. bottom line. Mm -hmm. I mean, from the legal people, from the family, from everything, you're talking about money.
1: Is it your feeling that there's enough material there to sustain what appears to be like a second posthumous career for Michael Jackson? I mean, do you think he would have even approved of some of this stuff even coming out? It seems like there's a lot of doctoring going on with these tracks. Don't you think that if it was good enough, it would have come out in his lifetime?
5: Yes, I do. And uh, uh, somebody asked me to listen to one yesterday. They're trying to scrape the barrel now. Too. Hmm. It's so complex, you know, I, I don't know really how to put it in words. I don't want to get into a lot of personal stories because it's revealing other people's business. I don't like to do that, you know. But I've been around it all my life, and usually it happens to you by nine years old. Where the die is cast, mm-hmm. and then you have to try to deal with the results, you know, and take a, a, a negative and turn it into a positive.
4: Mm-hmm.
5: And then we've got the problem of uh, mistakes that all of them make athletes, actors and that is they hire their, their relatives who don't know a damn thing about the business cousins, mothers, fathers, and everything and they take. Control of a core skill that they don't even understand. They tell them that whatever they do is great, and that's very dangerous for an artist. You know, mm. to say everything you do is just fine. Yeah, you you want somebody to tell you, you know, why don't you try this next time? And that doesn't come off too well. And to be truthful, it's very hard to find because they tell you everything you're doing is right, and that that's not doing you a favor.
0: Well, Quincy, we want to thank you for coming on Sound Opinions. God bless. We're going to take a quick break on Sound Opinions from WBEZ Chicago and PRX, and then coming up, Greg and I will reveal our mixtapes for 2010.
4: When the modern drift is all I have
1: Welcome back to Sound Opinions. I'm Greg Cott with Jim DeRogatis, and it's time to look at our annual mixtapes. Jim, I look forward to this annual exercise with incredible enthusiasm. I I know you do. (laughs) I know. I love making mixtapes for for myself and for my friends. I send them out with Christmas cards every year. I love the ritual of going through the year's music and trying to make mixtapes out of it. For me, it, it changes year to year in terms of theme and in terms of approach. But basically, I'm assembling a lot of songs that meant a lot to me and then creating a theme around it. And this year's tape in particular, we just heard a track called Modern Drift from a Danish band called Efterklang that sort of set the tone for my mixtape this year because, you know, we've had a lot of snow in Chicago lately and around the Midwest in general. It's been an incredibly snowy holiday season already. So this whole idea of snow drifts and being snowed in and it's really cold, a little bit of cabin fever setting in, I wanted to make a mixtape for that mood, and and that song sort of set me off on my mission this year. A lot of tracks about just sort of being blanketed in, being snowed in, feeling a little claustrophobic maybe. You know, the Dark Night of the Soul kind of record in the middle of wintertime, you know? Mm -hmm. So I I set the tone for my mixtape with that song from Afterclang, Modern Drift, and then I'm going to play you a sequence of songs from near the beginning of the tape. I'm going to kick it off with a, a song from the group MGMT. Very underrated album this year, Jim. I know you didn't like it, but I, I nope. kept going back to it. And I just thought it was a weird art rock record. And this song sort of encapsulated it for me. This song reminds me of a guy trapped in his basement, maybe a little bit too long. And and sort of this sense of, you know, the world is completely shut out. It's dark in there. I'm lonely. I'm singing this song. It sounds very wan and melancholy and I love it because it fits the tone of this record and then it's followed up by a track from Spoon Got Nothing for me the key line in that song was Got Nothing to Lose but Darkness and Shadows and that's what it's been all about the last few weeks (laughs) in the Midwest Darkness and Shadows Just be lucky you weren't under that roof at the Metrodome (laughs) in Minneapolis Uh, Tell me about it So here's a couple of songs from my Modern Drift mixtape I Found a Whistle from MGMT and Got Nothing from Spoon on Sound Opinions Yeah. That is a couple of songs from my 2010 mixtape that I've entitled Modern Drift that's uh, I Found a Whistle from MGMT and Got Nothing from Spoon on Sound Opinions. Jim's mixtape is coming up in a minute. I'm going to finish up mine now. A couple of more songs that follow up there. And this mood of claustrophobia and wintertime and the big blanket of snow creating this particular state of mind, this mood that I'm attempting to capture on my mixtape this year. The next two songs, one from a Chicago band that I've loved for a couple of years named Apteka. The name of the song is The Sheet, and I think more, it's just more about the sonics of this song that make me feel like I'm under a blanket of snow. And it's followed up by Retribution Gospel Choir, a side project for the low singer Alan Sparhawk, and the track Hided Away. Again, more about mood than sense in these tracks. They create this feeling of being buried under the snow. Here they are, the sheet from Apteca, and hide it away from Retribution Gospel Choir on Sound opinions. That is The Sheet from Apteka and Hide It Away from the Retribution Gospel Choir on Sound Opinions from my mixtape. If you want to hear our complete mixes or share your favorite songs of the year, go to soundopinions.org. And to make a comment on the air, call 888-859-1800. We're going to be back in a minute on Sound Opinions from WBEZ Chicago and PRX with Jim's side of the mix.
0: opinions from wbez chicago and prx i'm jim de my partner is greg Kot, and that of course is kanye west one last time for 2010 with the incredible single runaway the single whose chorus we can't really play for you that starts my mixtape greg and what ends my mixtape is CeeLo's song the title of which i can't even say It was that kind of year. Now, you, as listeners may have gathered from this show or from our previous mixtapes, take this mixtape business with religious devotion, okay? (laughs) I got to say, I'm a lousy DJ in the sense of the guy who plays records at a party because I want to hear what I want to hear right now. I don't really care what the mood of the room is. I'm not good at that structuring (laughs) of of a set to lift the mood, bring the mood down. I'm just lousy at that. I'm a, like, instant gratification right now. And when you set a mixtape, tape down you may not want to hear it again an hour from now much less next week I'm in a different mood by that point however I take this as an excuse to highlight some songs that didn't make my top 50 records of the year list necessarily or songs that that were so stellar I mean 30 years from now I'm gonna think of 2010 I'm still gonna think of that CeeLo song and Kanye Mm. West's Runaway now I'm at a disadvantage because you always have these elaborate stories about your mixes (laughs) 2010 was a year of transition for me, and I didn't realize what the story on my mixtape pretty much became until after I'd chosen, I want to play these songs, I got no rhyme or reason for it, I don't know what I'm going to say about them, and then I was looking at some of them, and I said, oh, you know, I get it now. After 15 years as a daily newspaper critic, I left to become a full-time lecturer at Columbia College, Chicago, teaching the youth of America to take your job, and I'm blogging still about Music Daily and doing the radio show, obviously, but I'm not a daily newspaper anymore. I was thinking Thinking about all the other things in life that I could have been. And one of my favorite jobs since I was about three or four, I used to get up at five in the morning as a little kid and watch the garbage men come pick up the garbage hmm. in, in Jersey City, New Jersey. And that song by Beck that he wrote for the soundtrack of Scott Pilgrim vs. the World to be played by the band in that movie, Sex Bob Om, Garbage Truck, man, it just brought back all the the <laughs> joy I had of watching the garbage men pick up the refuse. I've also been a devotee of military history for my entire life. I don't have what it takes to serve this country in the armed forces, but I admire those who do. Sadez, Soldier of Love, what a great song that was. And I always have been fascinated by trains. And that Besnard Lake album that you love so much has not only what I think is one of the greatest rock songs ever about trains, but one of the great Chicago songs of the year, Chicago Train. I didn't wind up doing any of those things. I'm not a conductor, I'm not a soldier, and I'm not a garbage man. I am, however, what Arcade Fire would call a modern man. So here's my other alternate professions than rock critic for Jim, part of my mixtape on Sound Opinions.
4: Oh, oh, oh. i take you forever garbage truck Oh no I take you to the dump Cause you're my queen Take you uptown I show you the sights You know you wanna ride Oh my garbage truck Truck, truck, truck We'll pass the mansions by Drive right through The needles I Oh my My, 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 my I got a stereo
3: Be your garbage man I'll take out your junk And I'll crush it
4: down Jesus in my rear view And the highway patrol is up ahead In my garbage truck, truck I'll never throw you away When you're old and gray just roll it away.
3: My soldier love.
4: Soldier.
0: You're listening to Sound Opinions. I'm Jim DeRogatis, and we're in the middle of my 2010 mixtape. was a chunk of my 2010 mixtape, starting with Beck's Garbage Truck, as done by Sex Bob Am, Shade's Soldier of Love, Besnard Lake's Chicago Train, and the Arcade Fire's Modern Man. If you'd like to see all of my 2010 mixtape or hear all of Mr. Cott's, you can go to soundopinions.org. Greg, as always, we have some thank yous to say on the way out. Our intern, Julia Mullen Gordon, if she was a Michael Jackson song, she would be Billie Jean. Our producers, Jason Saldana, he would be bad. And Robin Lynn, she would be thriller. And our executive producer, our fearless leader, Tori, Southside Malatia, he is the man in the mirror.
1: Opinions, everyone's a critic, so give us a call on our hotline 888-859-1800.
5: New messages.
6: Hey, it's Jason from Los Angeles. I just was listening to your Best of Twenty Ten list. You know, you put that teaser way up at the front that oh, we had the, the, both had the same number one number one album of the year. And when you said that, I thought to myself it could be one of two things: either the Arcade Fire Suburbs or Kanye West's Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. I was like, which one is it going to be, Arcade Fire or Kanye? Arcade Fire or Kanye? And then when Greg announced that his number two was Kanye, I was like, oh, the number one album has got to be the Arcade Fire. And I thought to myself, how could they possibly shortchange Janelle Monae? That woman put out a brilliant record. How could they possibly not include her in either of the top five? And then you went ahead and did it.
4: Let alone forbidden in the city running fast through time like Tubman and john henry but the time was wrong illegal aliens moan it's such a pity that the city's just a danger zone
6: a however now way. i must write where was rock the band suburbs band. i think as far as rock goes that is one of the best records that any you know self-proclaimed rock band put out this year it's got you know stories and characters and a lot of heart and depth i gotta say congratulations on picking uh Arc Android, that was a great call, but you missed it if neither of you included the suburbs. So, looking forward to what you guys pick in
4: 2011.
6: Like in no in this is Abdul calling from uh, Chicago, Illinois. I really look to y'all for guidance when it comes to the uh, end of the year reviews, and there was something very critical missing. A great album, an amazing album. Teeb's Our Door. An amazing fusion of electronic and hip hop music, the bass and the soundscapes the picture and the scene is painted with the sounds is just unlike anything that i've seen from hip-hop and just to have like no mention of it whatsoever i find was kind of a little bit of a shortcoming but i just wanted to say that i encourage people to not sleep on that album and give it a second look and to really look at it as great talk to y'all later bye Hi, Greg and Jim, this is Mark from Urbana, Illinois, and I'm just calling on your recent Best of 2010 show. I am wondering why you guys never mention Anthony and the Johnsons, who uh, have been making great records now for the last five years and have never been reviewed by your show or have never even been mentioned that I remember, so... I definitely thought Swan Lights was one of the best records of 2010. I was a little disappointed that it didn't even crack your top 100. Uh, anyway, guys, great show, and uh, keep up the good work.
2: Greg and Jim, this is Carrie Calligari from Kenilworth. I'm so excited to hear your show on Stevie Wonder's Songs in the Key of Life. My husband and I have been married for 27 years, and the song As was our wedding song. Merry Christmas. Bye. Now I can't reveal the mystery of tomorrow,
3: but in passing we'll grow older every day. Just as all that's born is new, do know what I say is true. I'll be
2: loving you always No more messages.
0: To give us your opinions on Sound Opinions, call our hotline, 888-859-1800. We'll be back next week with more Sound Opinions, produced by WBEZ Chicago and distributed by PRX.